The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. Is the equivalent of claiming that our inner lives have no problem with sin. In other words, it's denying that we are, are relatives of Adam, which our sin goes all the way back to the garden. So John looks at the church and says, Hey, if you claim to have no sin... In other words, if you claim not to have a sinful nature, you think, well, hey, I was born, I've lived a good life, I'm without sin. He said, you know what you've done at that point? You've deceived yourself, and the truth is not in you. Because we find evidence of that kind of thinking today. Our culture's view of human nature is this. Basically, all humans are good. And we kind of buy into that. And the way we do that is basically we say, well, I'm a pretty good person. I'm better than that person. But that person says, hey, I'm a pretty good person. I'm better than that person. And that person says, hey, I'm not all bad. I'm better than that person. And what that is, that's just our nature to say, basically, I'm good. Basically, I'm okay. And that rebellion, it, it's, it's a sinfulness. And, and through that, this Pride builds up on us, and we say, you know what? I'm not so sure I'm a sinner after all. I can't really think of any sins, and, and uh, I, I've lived a pretty decent life. That's kind of our sinful nature. And, and what, what happens is, is people that, that think that today, and, and when you hear a, a preacher or you hear anybody say, hey, we have a sinful nature, we're all sinners. We, we all have a, a bad nature within us. Theologians call that original sin. That cuts across the grain of, of, our, of our culture today. That's why sometimes, folks, we're, we're called, boy, y'all, the Christians are radical. They're crazy. I mean, they, they think there's one way to heaven. They, they've got all these different ideals, and, and there's no absolutes anymore. There's no real truths. You know, that's what the world teaches today. And when, when John says this, hey, if you claim to be without a sinful nature... If you claim to be without sin, then you've deceived yourselves. And many Christians today have come to the point where they feel like they no longer struggle with sin. In other words, they've overcome that. And you know what that is? That's that plastic veneer that many Christians get up and put on. They get up and they, they drift themselves and they want people to look at them and say, Boy, they have arrived. Look at them. They look, Barbie looks so good this morning. Ken was there with her, and their children were all on. Oh, they look so good, and, and Barbie just feels so good about herself. And she's put on this plastic veneer that says, you know what, I've passed that point of sin. And folks, when the world looks at that, they don't see authenticity. They see Barbie out there in the week living a certain way and coming into the church in a certain way, and, and because of that, there's no authenticity in her life. And folks, as Christians, we need to realize that all of us struggle. Every one of us struggles. Amen? I struggle with sin. Don't look up here on Sunday mornings. I don't think any of you do, especially if you know me, and say, well, Jake's past that point. I struggle with it every day. Every day of my life, I struggle with sin. I could stand here and just drop your jaws right now, I promise. I can't believe that. I can't believe you struggle. I can't believe you said that. I can't believe you think like that. You know why we think that? 
Because Ken and Barbie always look good. Oh, the preacher, yeah, he, he don't struggle with those things. He don't know how it is. Folks, I tell you, I struggle with it. I struggle with it every day. We all struggle. If we say we do not, if we put on a plastic veneer, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We need to understand that, folks. And God calls us to authenticity because none of us are free from our struggle with sin. You know what's sad to me? It's sad to me that today in our culture, people have to go to groups like Alcohol Anonymous, which is a great group from what I understand. But they have to go there that they can find authenticity. They can go to a group that can relate to their struggles and their problems. I've heard this, that, that when they begin to speak there, they say, my name is so-and-so, and I'm a recovering alcoholic every time they speak because they need to be reminded that, that they're not wallowing in their past, but they need to be reminded that they're never free from the temptation to drink again. They never overcome that, so they're able to say, hey, my name is this, I'm recovering from this. I wonder sometimes as Christians if we shouldn't have to get up and say, hey, my name is Jake and I'm a recovering sinner because I'm still going to deal with it. I'm still going to face it. It's a reality, folks, that we have all fell. We've all struggled with sin. And it's not something that we're saved and we overcome and we can come to church and sit up so proudly and say, I finally arrived. My sin is behind me and I'm moving forward as this perfect Christian. Folks, when we can be authentic, we come to the point of our lives of realizing that we all struggle, which that leads us right to the John's second point, 1 John 1, 9. If you don't have this underlined in your Bible, if you don't have this memorized, I want to urge you to do so because confession brings cleansing. See, we've all sinned. We're all sinners. But confession brings cleansing. Look at 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, He, Christ, is faithful and just. He'll forgive us of our sins. He'll purify us from all unrighteousness. Here's another if statement. I've been a Christian a long time before I found this scripture. I mean, I, I, I was a youth minister when I really found this scripture and, and I really started understanding what it means. Ever since then, I've latched on to that thing. Ever since then, I, I, I've said, man, I, I want to remember that scripture. If I confess with our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive me, to cleanse me of my sins and purify me from all unrighteousness. When we read this word, that word confess means to admit and to acknowledge. You know what it means? I've had people ask me this question before. It literally means to say the same thing. In other words, when we confess our sins, we're confessing our sins and naming them. You know, we sing a song here, count your many blessings, what? Name them one by one. We don't have any trouble doing that, do we? Sometimes around Thanksgiving, we'll sing that song and I'll say... Somebody give a blessing, and we'll name them one by one all over the building. We can just name them off just like that. This passage says when we go before God, we're to confess our sins. We're to name them one by one. There's 16 different words used in the Bible to describe the aspects of our sin problem. 
And when we come before God, the most general word used to describe that, that sin is an infection within our lives. So we come before God and we confess that sin. Confessing is just isn't admitting, hey, we're all sinners, but it's specifically naming our sin. When we pray, God, forgive us of our sins, we, we, pray, at, we pray at all our meals when we eat. And, and we nearly always pray, God, forgive us of our sins. That's great. But when you are with God and you're in a time of prayer and you're in your prayer closet, we need to specifically say, God, I sinned against you and here's what my sin is. Isn't that what David did? He said, God, forgive me because I have sinned against you with his sin with Bathsheba. And folks, when we pray, we need to go and we need to specifically name our sins to God. In movements, step movements, they call that searching and fearless moral inventory. Folks, when we come before God in prayer, we need to do a search and a fearless moral inventory as we come before God. And we need to confess our sins. God promises that He'll forgive us. Now, folks, I want to back up just a little bit. Some folks teach that we go to a confession. And we go before a priest or we go before someone and we give a confession. There's nothing wrong with confessing our sins to one another. There's nothing wrong in your small group or in your Sunday school of saying, Hey, I'm struggling with this sin. You know why we don't do that? Because we're Ken and Barbie. My classmates can't know that I sin. Those people I go to church with, I can't tell them I'm struggling with this. What would they think? You know what that is? That's the lack of authenticity, isn't it? That's saying, oh, I've got to put this veneer on. I can't confess to others. But we need to understand that when we confess our sins, it's okay to confess to one another, but we confess our sins to God. We don't need some preacher or some priest or somebody to go before God for us. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he took care of that. The, the priest is no longer needed. The veil has been torn open, and we have direct access to God. So in our prayer time, we confess our sins to God. And God says he's just and righteous to forgive us. Now, when we think about forgiveness of our sins, a lot of times we think about mercy. But you know what? God forgives us. He is just in his forgiveness. In other words, because of Jesus Christ's death on the cross, and he paid the penalty for our sins, it's God's justness that we're forgiven. And that word righteousness, God, God gives us a right relationship before himself through the blood of Jesus. So he is just to forgive us, and he brings righteousness Unto us, When we confess our sin, God forgives us and He purifies us. We talked about this a little bit last week. Purification, you know what that is? That's the removing or the washing away of the stain caused by sin. Now, if, if I eat today and I'm planning on eating this morning after church and, and I drop something on my, my shed here, whatever you want to call it, and, and uh, I get a spot and I don't tell Denise, and she washes it, the spot's still there. And I say, oh, I had a spot on there. And she'll go back, and she'll treat it with something, and, and uh, that spot will go away. And over time, it, it's finally gone. And, and that thing is, the, the same is true for us, that purification. Yeah, we're completely forgiven, but we're stained with sin. And when we confess to God, it's an ongoing process of Him 
purifying us, of Him removing that stain that was caused by sin. It's the washing away of defilement that's been caused by sin. When we're authentic Christians, God's calls to authenticity with each other because the confessing of our sins brings cleansing of our soul. The confessing of our sin brings cleansing to our soul. Notice again that John's writing fellow Christians. I don't want us to lose sight of that. And we're talking about our journey. And on our journey, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to fall down. We're going to, we're going to mess up in different things. Being a, being a Christian doesn't mean that that, that that sin is going to go away. It doesn't mean that we've, we've got a license all of a sudden. We're not going to be tempted anymore. But John says this, our remedy isn't to cover up our failures and pretend that everything's okay. Our remedy is that we would confess our sins before God, and he's faithful, and he's just to forgive us. In 1818, listen to this, one out of every six women who had a child died of something they called childbirth fever. A doctor's daily routine back then, this is how their, their day started, started in the dissecting room. So he would perform autopsies. Doctors, that's where they started. They would perform autopsies. From there, he would make rounds to examine other patients. From that, from that this is 1818 now. Remember, this, what, this wasn't last week. So he would go see other patients, and part of those patients would be expectant mothers. So he performed autopsies the first thing of the day. He'd go around, make his examinations of expecting mothers. No one ever thought about washing their hands. You know, we think that's a big deal, but hey, this is 1818. So the doctor, I mean, I'm sure he would, he would wash off or dry off. He'd go, he'd go to his patients. There was a doctor came along named Inez Samuelwise. I'm just what I want to say. If you want to learn to pronounce it, then come up here afterwards and you can read it. But it's S-E-M-M-E-L-W-E-I-S. He began to practice strict hand washing. He began to practice that. He was the very first doctor to associate the lack of hand washing with a huge fatality rate. And Dr. Semmelweis lost only 1 in 50 Yet his colleagues laughed at him. Once he said childbirth fever is caused by decomposed material conveyed to a womb, and I have shown how it can be prevented, and I have proven to all what I have said. But while we talk, talk, and talk, women are dying. So he, he went before his colleagues and he said that. And here's what he said. I'm not asking for anything world-shaking, only that you will wash your hands. Yet virtually no one believed him. <laughs> no one would practice it because they thought it was ridiculous. But think about this today. This verse is telling us we need to confess our sins before God. We need to wash our souls regularly before God. But how many of us fail to do that? Folks, it's essential that we confess our sins. If we don't, there will be a spiritual infection within us. 
We need to regularly go and we need to wash our souls before God and let Him bring cleansing and let Him bring purity into our spiritual walk and our spiritual journey. Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen says, He who conceals his sins, listen, does not prosper. But whoever confesses and renounces them or repents of them, there they find mercy. Psalms 32, 4 and 5 says, For the day and the night your hand was heavy upon me, and my strength was zapped in the heat of the summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover up my iniquities, and I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Like Dr. Semmelweis, God's not asking us to do anything earth-shaking. God is simply saying that we would confess our sins, wash our souls regularly, and we'll be forgiven, and we'll be purified. That's God's call to authenticity. This morning, I want to ask you, we're going to have to stop there. I wanted so bad to, to get through this morning. I, my next two points is God knows our past, and Jesus Christ is enough for our past, and, and we'll take care of that next week. But I want to ask you to bow your heads with me this morning, and I want to ask you this. Would you just today before God admit that, you know, I, I have not reached that point. I don't know that anyone here even thinks that. I do know I have gone to church with people that have stood up in a meeting before and said with their mouth, I have reached the point that I don't struggle with sin anymore. Folks, when we begin not just to say that verbally, but when we begin to come before brothers and sisters in Christ with that plastic Ken and Barbie lifestyle, then basically we're telling the world around us, hey, I'm far above sin. And we think about that sinner and that prostitute and whatever that person may be that would look at the church and say, I can't go there. I already feel bad enough about my sins. Folks, when we begin to see that message portrayed to other by our actions, then we're not being authentic Christians because we all struggle. This morning, if you'd say, yeah, boy, I've covered it up. I've, me and Ken have been here, and man, I've been G.I. Joe far too long. Here's the good news. Christ said this, if we confess, sometimes there's a confession that needs to just be between you and God. Sometimes it's great just to be able to sit down and around a table and, and tell brothers and sisters in Christ, hey, I struggle with this, and I need your prayer. Hey, I have this sin that I've just, God, is, I've been dealing with, and I, I just, I want to ask you to just to, to help me out through this time and, and lift me up in prayer. Sometimes it needs to be, you know what, I've, I've gone through the motions too long. I have never asked Jesus Christ to forgive me of my sins, to cleanse me and purify me from all unrighteousness. I don't know where you are spiritually on your journey. But John says through the direction of the Holy Spirit, hey, there's joy for our journey. If we're living a Christian life, we don't have joy. We need to recalculate that journey. And today, if we would say, you know, I've really not been authentic in my Christian life. I, 
Everybody thinks this, but man, I really struggle. I want to ask you today, would you confess with your mouth the Lord? If we confess our sins, God is faithful. Never once did he ever walk away. In the midst of our struggles, in the midst of our sin, never once did he abandon us and leave us on our own. But he is faithful. That's what we sang just a while ago. If, if you read those words, if you sang those words, you, you were proclaiming, God, you're faithful to And you've never abandoned me. You've never left me. Never once have you walked away from me. Would you confess your sins? Name them one by one to God the Father. Ask for forgiveness. He's faithful and just to forgive us. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He that holds a sin will not prosper. But when we confess our sins, we find mercy. When I confess my iniquities, my sins to the Lord, He forgave me and the guilt of my sin. Oh, how great that is. We're going to talk next week a little bit about not, not forgetting that past. Paul didn't forget his past. We don't put it on and saddle ourselves with it, but you know, there's something about remembering those things. But God begins to erase those things when we're faithful and just to confess to him our sins. Father, I pray this morning as we just consider our relationship with you, we consider our walk with you. I pray, Lord, that I wouldn't come to church and put on a plastic veneer of someone who is without sin. As Jesus looked at those Pharisees gathered around the woman found in sin, and as he began to ride in the sand... And he said, he who without sin, let him cast the first stone. We can see that's a call to authenticity. And we can hear the thuds of the rocks falling on the ground as the accusers walked away. Father, I pray that we'd remember Jesus' words as he looked at the woman there caught in adultery. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Father, I pray this morning as we're in your presence, the presence of a holy God, that, Father, we would be true to our word, true to our song, and, Father, that we would be doing business with you, God the Father. Lord, I pray now as we have a time of prayer, a time to respond to your calling, I pray that we would be about your business in this place today. In Jesus' name. Would you